I was, I was flying home yesterday, and I was thinking about what I should preach. And the Lord kind of put in my heart a message that I preached uh, several years ago. And uh, it had to be the message because when I got here this morning, my computer wouldn't work. I got a new uh, keyboard and new mouse and I couldn't get it to work, so I stole the one from the main office and finally was able to get it to work to some degree. But the more I was dealing with all the problems that were happening this morning, I realized that God put this message on my heart. I think I'm just going to preach it again. Amen. So probably 50% of you have never heard this message. But for the others, I know you will be able to say amen in affirmation to this message. Amen. I want to say thank you to all of you that are here today, all of our guests. Thank you for coming. And it's a privilege of having you at the Pentecostals of Phoenix. If you are a first-time guest, we want to uh, invite you back to our guest table. Pick up a packet, and in that packet you will have a free coupon at Uplift Coffee. And there, when you get your drink, you can get uh, Italian sodas, frappuccinos, uh, iced coffee, all of the different drinks that we have. You can get a free drink there. Stick around, and we'll give Pastor a chance to come back and meet you for myself. I'd love to get to know you. My subject today is drifting. Everybody say drifting. Billy Norris writes of a tragic event that resulted from drifting. Two young men were fishing above a, a low dam on a river near their hometown. As they were concentrating on catching fish, they were unaware that they had drifted until they were not far from the water flowing over the dam. When they realized their situation, the current near the dam had become too powerful for them to keep their boat from going over. Below the dam, the water was dashing with strong force over great boulders and through crevices in the rocks. Caught by the swirling waters under the rocks, they never came to the surface. After days of relentless searching, the divers finally found one body, and then two or three days later, the other body. The danger of drifting is not only limited to us physically, but in Hebrews, the second chapter in the first verse, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Preaching. Teaching. Discipling is simply to make you aware that you are drifting. I thank God for the Word of God that is being preached in a 21st century that helps people understand that they need to be aware of their current condition.
condition. We need, without fear and without favor, to preach to a world, even when it's not politically correct, that they are going the wrong direction. Pay attention to where you are. It's easy to look at where everybody else is. And it's easy to point your finger at the faults of others. But today I am asking you to be honest with yourself and say, God, I need to pay attention right now to this message that pastor is preaching that I might be aware because others and their condition can be your distraction till you use your judgmental spirit against them and become distracted and destroyed and go over the edge. Do I get a witness today? Take heed to the things which have been preached to you, lest at any time you let them slip or get away from you. Preaching is an imperative. Teaching is a must. And discipling is a commission that we must be aware of so that we will not drift into dangerous territory. But drifting, number one, requires no effort. Just stop oaring and tacking against the wind and the boat will begin to drift. Do nothing. You say to me, well, I'm not doing anything wrong and I'm not committing any great sin and I live a moral life and, and I, have, I have morals and, and I have standards, but that's okay. We need that. But when you just stand still doing nothing, you will drift. You have to make a conscious choice to live for God. You must because there will always be the spirit of the enemy that will have an undercurrent trying to pull you over the edge. But you have to be aware of where you are. And I'm going to tell you it takes work living for God. It's going to take your energy living for God. Doing nothing will take you places that you will regret. Because you will drift into places you never thought you would go. Doing nothing, everybody say doing nothing, will destroy your God-given DNA, why you were created and what you was created for. Doing nothing always give way to the flesh and the lust of an idle mind. Do nothing. Things will come into your mind you never thought possible. You got to build some walls against the things that you're entertaining in your thoughts. You have to say there are some things that enter in my mind and I have to get those things under control. And if you don't get those things under control, do nothing about it. Just do nothing about it. I will tell you that you will flow with the current of the evil of this world and you'll become a product of the peer pressure of society. But somebody has got to stand up somewhere. Someone has to declare with their voice. Somebody has to have church like we've never had church before. And that every time we sing our songs and every time we lift our hands and every time we dance for God, we're doing doing it because we are declaring that I'm willing to work against the current of this world and I'm not going to just sit around and do nothing but I will. I will live for God. I will declare to the
world that there is a God in heaven that if you will live for him, you will find the hope of your purpose. Hallelujah. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. I've preached in this pulpit many times. I've called on you. I've pulled. I've preached with my whole heart until after I was through, I felt like I was going to fall on the floor. And it just amazes me how people just believe that because I'm not doing anything wrong, I am all right. Let me talk about it. There are reasons why we worship. There are reasons why we clap our hands. There are reasons why we say amen. There are reasons why we lift our voice in the soul of praise. There's reasons. Why? Because we're warring, we're rowing, and we're going against the current of our world. And we're saying, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to step aside. No, I'm going to stay in this thing. I'm going to finish this race. And I'm not going to let anything. There's not a devil in hell going to keep me away from living for God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Let the devil know that the Pentecostals of Phoenix are going to declare that God be true and let everything else be a lie. Amen. There are young people. There are children that want to live for God. And there are people that are sincere about this. And the devil needs to know it's time for us to open our mouth and let the world know that there is a people that is called by his name. And you can't silence and you will never put under your feet the people of God. Just do nothing. Do nothing. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention as to where you are. This is a great opportunity to come into the presence of God. And know that you can be saved from the current that wants to take you over the dam. That's why he says we must give the more earnest heed. We must pay attention. I will not tell you that orient is easy. But I will tell you it will save you. I will not tell you living for God is easy. But it will save you. I'm not going to tell you it's easy to get out of bed and go to church. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. But it will save you. I'm not going to tell you that when you pull out your wallet and you return your tithe, it's going to be easy. No, I'm not going to tell you that. But it will save you. When you stop. When you stop trying. When you stop paying attention. I'm telling you, you are in a very dangerous place. was a proud young man who came to Socrates asking for knowledge. He walked up to the muscular philosopher and said, Oh, great Socrates, I come to you for knowledge. Socrates realized a pompous numbskull when he saw one. He led the young man through the streets and then down to the sea. 
chest deep water. Then he asked, what do you want? The man said, knowledge, O wise Socrates. Socrates put his strong hands on the man's shoulders and pushed him under the water. 30 seconds later, Socrates let him up. What do you want? He asked again. Wisdom, 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 the young man sputtered. Oh, great wise Socrates. Socrates then takes him by the shoulders again, forces him again. 30 seconds pass, 35, 40 seconds. Socrates lets him up. The man is gasping. What do you want, young man? Between heavy breathing, the fellow wheezed out of his mouth. I want knowledge. I want knowledge. Oh, wise and wonderful. Oh, down again. Before he could complete the word, Socrates dunked him under again. 40 seconds pass. 50 seconds. Then he comes up sputtering. What do you want? He said, air. He screamed, I need air. Socrates says, when you want knowledge as much as you want air, then you will have knowledge. Now you got to get what I'm saying. As long as you want God, like you want air, you'll get God. Amen. Somebody needs to hear me. This needs to be the priority. We ought to say, God, I didn't come to hear that preacher. I didn't come just to hear the music. I didn't come just so I could give. Lord, I have come because I need to breathe. You are my life. You are my life. source. I need you today, God. That's where we need to get back to. It's where the church has the fervor and the power and the desire and the passion to say, God, I don't want anything else in this service today but you someone clap under the Lord you have to want this more than anything it's your lifeline it's your air God created you in his likeness and in his image he knows you he knows your health he knows your heart he knows your mind. He knows your body. He knows your soul. If you're going to give yourself to anything, give yourself to Him. God knows you better than anybody. Quit trying. Quit trying to live by the peer pressure of others so that you can get their approval. But start looking for the approval of God. I know, I know sometimes it's an unconscious process. It's possible to drift unawares. Don't even realize it. In a boat are undercurrents that often are noticeable from the surface. Likewise, in a plane, the wind or the gravitational forces move the plane without you realizing it. But also, many individual Christians have slowly drifted away and never noticed that they were so far from God. Many churches have gradually drifted into error, only one day to find themselves far removed from God and far removed from the truth. I know, I understand, 
can get caught up in life, caught up in our careers, our relationships, until one day we wake up and realize what in the world happened to my life. That's why you must be aware and never become distracted because you will drift if you simply do nothing. Another thing I want to bring to your attention is we never drift upstream. We never drift upstream. And we never go against the tide. You have to physically put energy in and invest in going the opposite way of the drift. Being faithful to the Lord is like oaring upstream. You must constantly be adding to your faith. Adding to your faith. Adding to your faith. I want you to understand that the miracle we heard about today shouldn't be something that gets us so excited because it's not normal. We ought to get excited because we see this stuff all of the time. Not just every once in a while. Wow, that's great. Wow, that's great. It ought to be something adding to our faith day by day. And we then, when we hear a miracle like that, we just say, I expected it, Lord, and I want to thank you for everything you've given to us. You've been good to us, Lord. It ought to be common among us where we see God not only giving physical miracles to babies and homes and cancer has to fall off and, and things in our life are, we're delivered from, but we're going to see miracles where people are getting baptized in the name of Jesus and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and we're going to see it we're going to see it and it ought to be common among us adding 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 amen people get excited when they see a miracle because they've never seen one before but that's not the reason to get excited get excited because you're adding to your faith and you're seeing things happening all the time you must I must and the church must continually grow in Christ. That's why in 2 Peter, the third chapter, and the 18th verse, it says, But grow in grace, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. What he is saying is grow, 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 because the moment you stop growing, you start going backwards. We ask the question, what is backsliding? Backsliding is not necessarily doing something wrong. Backsliding is just not doing anything at all. But I'm tired, Pastor. Well, I, I know, but if you... If you we're in that boat. You'd sure work as hard as you could to keep from going over the edge. Be aware. We get tired. But be aware of where you are so that you don't go over the edge. Something else I want to bring to your attention. I'm just about through. The speed downstream increases. 
the dangers increase with the speed of the drift. You can ask any of these people that are living on the street that have to get a fix two and three times a day and their body is maybe 80 or 90 pounds and they're just skin and bones and they'd rather have their necks fixed to get juiced up than to have another meal. If you ask every one of them, would you have ever believed you would be where you are right now? Every one of them would have said no and I wish I would have never took the first I wish I hadn't took the first fix because now, 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 now the danger has increased. Now I can't hardly get out of this current because I didn't deal with it when it first happened. I wish I would have dealt with it when I had the strength to deal with it. Or am I talking to anybody today? That's why I'm telling you that if you partner with God, God will not disappoint you. That you can overcome. You're not too far gone. I am telling you the Lord wants to bring you back and get you out of the current so that you can get your life where God intends for it to be. You have come here with your last hope and you believe you have no other options. But I'm here today and standing on the word of God to declare it's not over yet God wants to deliver you God wants to save you God wants to partner with you that you might not drift over the edge oh do I get a witness here today of someone that would say amen pastor I believe and I'm coming into agreement right now because I believe there are spirits that want to try to put us in check right now but I pray against that spirit we're going to stand with God and we're going to believe these things to happen because we have faith and we're going to grow in our faith amen because when you hear the noise of the waterfall, it's already too late. When we lose sight of the land, it's also more difficult to discern that you're drifting. I took a cruise. I was on this cruise and the water was like glass. No land around us. I'm standing at the side of the boat, I'm looking over and I'm thinking to myself, Man, it, it feels like we're not even moving. And I would not have known that we were moving unless I looked down the side of the ship and could see the motion of the ship moving through the water. Had we been just drifting, I wouldn't have known the difference between moving and drifting. But let me just tell you, when you drift long enough, you can lose sight of where you're going. Now, it becomes more difficult to find direction because you're out in the middle of nowhere. You can't seem to find anything to hold on to. The last point I want to make is the music's getting ready. It's dangerous. To drift, obviously to yourself, but it's also dangerous to others. A ship just drifting is a hazard to all the other vessels at sea. 
so if a ship is being tossed to and fro, then anything that is in its way is going to be destroyed. And it's hard sometimes to get that ship under control because it's the raging waves that control it. But a ship just drifting is a hazard to all the other ships. We had a dedication today with little Olive. I want to say something about that because our parents, you need to hear this. Parents, 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 please hear this. If you hear anything today, please hear this. Parents who are just drifting will soon lose the golden opportunity to teach your children. To teach your children to go against the current. You only get one shot at that. Because when they get about 12 or 13 years old, they're going to become more independent. There's been several times when Robbie's grown up, he'd bow up against his dad. And there's been a few times that Corey would try to beat me at basketball. He's still trying. I took those boys golfing. And Corey was only about five or six years old. I put a golf club in his hand. I took him over to El Caro Golf Course, which is right across the street from here. It's no longer there. And he hit balls. I took Robbie with me. It was a sad day when they got better at it than their father. But independence, they look forward to the day when they can outdo dad. And you better make sure you got them going in the right direction when they do it. Because when they become independent, you better make sure that you've raised them with a mindset and a passion to do what's right rather than drift with the current of society. Now, my expectations of my children, including my two daughters, is that they are going to be greater than their dad ever was. And that they are on a path that I believe is going to bring thousands of people into the kingdom. Why? Because I've lived my life on a path and I was not willing to drift. And when my friends told me that I need to change my message, I didn't change my message. And when my friends tried to tell me we need to quit doing this or quit doing that, I didn't quit doing that. And when I told the people to tell me, Pastor, we don't need altar calls anymore, I said, no, I'm going to keep to the altar call and we're going to have an altar down here where people can come down and repent. And when people are saying, I don't believe it's necessary to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost to be saved, no, I'm going to still preach that you must receive the gift 
of the Holy Ghost to be saved. Why? Because I don't want it just so I can save the world. I want it so I can save my children. And I'm not going to drift with every friend that I have and every person that comes along to tell me that if you would do it differently, you'd have a bigger church. I don't want people. I want to be the church of the living God. I don't want a crowd. I want to make sure that the people that are following me are following and when you're not around and you don't see pastor on this platform I'm talking into these kids I'm telling them what they can do I'm talking about their future and I'm talking about living for God and I can stand here today and I can say as a father and a father-in-law I am proud of every one of my children why? because they have committed to living for God and someone said to me the other day said well pastor I noticed you having, having brother Nick and, and brother Matt's going to be next and you've had Robbie and Corey up there uh, they, they, they've been preaching and speaking what about your ministerial staff? I said, listen, my ministerial staff, they understand what is their responsibilities. But when I look at these boys, they come to church. My daughters come to church. They're living for God. What I'm, why am I saying this? I'm saying you as parents need to make sure you set that line for your kids so they understand there is nothing in this world that will offer them anything greater than the things of God. Don't look at the world. The world will cause you to go places you never meant to go. And you'll be in places where you thought you would never survive and he's getting you closer and closer all the while to the edge. No, but this preaching right now is trying to pull you back. You got to work on this thing. Amen. You got to work on this thing. If I call you the altar, I know what's going to happen. Some of you are going to say, but I don't, I'm embarrassed to go down there. No, you need to come to the altar and make an effort to say, I'm willing to row against the current. Because many are tossed to and fro and carried about every, by every wind of doctrine in Ephesians 4.14. And it all ends up in a shipwreck. Because a boat adrift not only is going to beat against everybody else and the children, but it will also crash on the rocks and go over the falls. For those who drift spiritually through their own neglect, there shall be no escape. Why do I say that last scripture? Hebrews, the second chapter and the first verse. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Then it goes on to say, For if the words spoken by angels were steadfast, if the words spoken by angels were steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we do nothing. How shall we escape? I guess my appeal today is to try to get us to pay attention and not be distracted. Because if you just do nothing, it will end in a shipwreck. It will end in a shipwreck. Let's all stand.
They're getting ready to sing in just a moment. But I'm going to make an appeal. I know there are some things that some of you have been going through just recently. And I just, I'm going to make an appeal. I, I just wonder if you would be so willing to step out from where you are and come down to this altar to say that even in the opposition of what I'm going through, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. That I'm going to go down there. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to go down there. That I'm going to go down there because I know that there's no other option but to keep rowing so that I do not drift into danger. There's not a mountain too So wait. 